it's this is this is the moment and I prepared a special touch of ministry for this person today I want to read from the scripture I'm reading from the book of John chapter 9 it's it's a story you're familiar with I want to start verse 35 the Bible said Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. I'm just going to say that the scriptures filled with instruction for us to come to him. Jesus himself said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But I'm just going to say that there are days when Jesus will come to you. God bless you as you see him. You see, it seems a little bit to be a paradox. That's that's maybe too big a word or too, you know, too much use of that word. But it, it, it seems that Jesus, not only with his instruction, if if you need something, I want you to come to me for it. That makes sense. But it also makes sense that if he is the source of solutions, then we would want to, we would just know, well, the right thing is I need to go where the answers are. I, you know, if I don't expect the store to come to me if I need something, I just know the right thing is I need to get in the car and I need to drive to the store. I need to get things from the source. And so it's natural that the scripture said that when Jesus, actually when he began his ministry, that people would come to him. He would go into a village and they would bring the lame. They would bring folk on couches and they... They, the whole town would just empty out and surround him. The Bible said that he would minister. He would minister, uh, and, and Scripture would say that he would touch every one of them. In fact, virtue flows out of his body. We knew that from the story of the woman who had the issue of blood. And a constant day of ministering and virtue flowing out. I'm just going to say, I've, uh, I've spoken with ministers at time, evangelists who've, who've ministered in revivals and, and, and uh, prayed for people, and they are exhausted at the end of the service because virtue from God has, has been flowing through. They, they feel that there's no strength left. Uh, my dad used to say that after... Uh, after a, a church service, he felt like he had worked an eight-hour day on the job. And so, 
you know, people came to him, and that's natural. And Jesus would say, you know, i got to go to another village. I'm going to go and minister. And word would race ahead. And they would say, oh, Jesus is coming. There's Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the road. He's blind. And he hears the, the commotion. What's going on? Oh, Jesus is coming. And he prepares himself for the miracle. He postures himself. And he's crying out. You know, he, he cannot see Jesus physically to say, okay, he's 50 feet away. He hears the sound and gauges the presence of Jesus, that he's close enough, he can hear me. And he calls out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He's, Jesus is familiar with people coming to him. That's, you know, it's, uh, it's the most normal, natural thing that we should expect. But this story along with some others, reveals to us something else about the nature of God. He's not just willing to be applauded. He's not just willing, you know, to be this, the magnet that draws everything and everybody to him. There's, there's something deep inside that cares about the one this is the one that tells the parable about, you know, if you've got 99 sheep, but there's just one. He cares enough for that one that he's going to leave the 99 and go search for the one. He cares about us individually. We pray corporately a lot of time. We pray for God put his hand on his church and work wonders in the church. And he wants to do things in his church, but he cares about us as an individual. And so this story, uh, the, the scripture, you're, you're familiar. The ninth chapter of John tells the story. Jesus is, a, you know, apostles there. They go from village to village. They have, uh, you know, the scripture don't say that Jesus has a specific itinerary and he has a grid that he's working. And, you know, I'm, I'm covering these cities this week. and <coughs> But he's ministering. Uh he, he comes into this community. And, you know, you, you wonder if there's been some debate going on because uh, people, some of the skeptics have said, let's think of some real hard questions for him. Um, is it right to pay taxes? You know. Uh, what about this... What about this uh, uh, You know, this woman that had five husbands, uh, which one's going to be her he husband when she gets to heaven? Let's, let's give him some hard questions. And it may be that there's already been some discussion. Here's a man that's born blind. And <clears throat> even the disciples ask him this silly question. Lord, was he born blind because of his parents' sin or because of his sin? Folks, that is the most ignorant question that I can think of. How can I be born blind for my sins when I hadn't had a chance to sin yet? 
I'm born with a nature of sin. You, you see, this is a, I've used this illustration before. You got a little box back behind the stove somewhere, and you got some brand new born little animals. Some little, you know, a little box, you got some little animals. And uh, pretty soon one of those little animals makes a little bark. And you say, oh, that's a dog because he barked. That's not true. He barked because he's a dog. The bark didn't identify who he was. The bark just confirmed who he was. And so the disciples said, Lord, was this man born blind because of his parents' sin or his sin? And basically Jesus said, and I'm sort of I'm paraphrasing it. I'm just going to say it my way. Jesus said, no, no, it wasn't. He, he wasn't born because of sin. He's born because of what's fixing to happen right now. He, I, I'm, I'm, he's going to be my illustrator. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you something. And so he, um, you see, Jesus can, can work a miracle any way he wants to. Sometimes we've had the parameters all figured out. Okay, he's got to work the miracle this, this way. No, he don't. Uh, there are times that he just spoke to people, times he put his hand on people. This time, he took some spit, made some clay. Here's mud in your eye. Yeah. That, I'll tell you, you know, Jesus did a couple of miracles that, that is sort of don't, are distasteful to me. Do you realize one time he took spit and touched a man's tongue? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that idea either. But if I couldn't talk and that helped me talk, I'd, I'd probably endure it. You know, I don't really want somebody to put their hand on my head and shake me till my dentures, if I had dentures, fall out. But if it took that for me to get healing, I'll be a bobblehead for you. You can do it, yeah. I know, you know, Jesus don't have to do everything the same way every time. And he don't have to do for you just what he did for somebody else. This time he made some mud. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The Bible says this man is obedient. He goes, he washes. And when he washes the mud out of his eye, he realizes he can see. So he's thrilled about it. I want to give my testimony to everybody. But everybody's not thrilled about his testimony because who was involved in it? We've already made up our mind. Jesus is not going to do any miracles here. We, we heard he's going everywhere else doing miracles. And, and he's, what's bad, he's doing stuff on the Sabbath day. So he ain't, ain't going to do them here. If he comes and tries to do something here, we're going to say it's the devil working. And in fact, if anybody wants to praise him, they're not going to be part of this church house anymore. We mark you off our membership roll. You are out of here. You can, you can mail your ties in if you want to, but you're not a member. You can't vote. 
I've already said that. And uh, so here's the man that was born blind, but now he can see. Aren't you excited? I can see. Aren't you excited? Well, tell what happened. Well, I don't know. A man, a man named Jesus came and he put mud in my eye and told me to wash, and I can see. Oh no. No, 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 not him. Even his parents didn't want to support him because the preacher had already said, hey, you ain't going to be a member of this church. And so he's challenged by the clergy. You know, he's, he's challenged by the church board. And finally he says, listen, when has it ever been that anybody that wasn't a God could heal blind eyes? If You know, if he wasn't of God, he couldn't do that. And they said, oh, you're born in sin. Don't forget that. You were born in sin. You're talking to us guys that have been in religion all our life. You know, we're, we're a step or two above you there. And finally, he says, listen, would you, would you be his disciples also? It's like, you are, you're claiming to be his disciple? No, you are out of here, Bubba. No, you ain't part of this congregation. You can't come to our next church picnic. That's it, you're out. So here's a man that's been rejected by his church, Rejected by his family. He don't even know how to come to Jesus because he don't really even know who he is. So Jesus came to him. It said when Jesus found him. I'm going to say that sometime, sometime Jesus is the one that does the journey. I was, uh, you know, I could ask you a question. What, the majority of billboards that you see, what are they advertising? In case you answer wrong, I'll answer for you. Trial lawyers. That's it. Trial lawyer. Hey, let me help you sue somebody and get some money. You got hurt on the job. You had a, a, a truck wreck, a motorcycle. You, you come to me. But, you know, every once in a while you see the billboard that says, we will come to you. I'm just going to say, there are times you may not have the strength or the knowledge of the information or even know what to do, but he wants you so much he'll come to you. This Bible is filled with stories of Jesus doing that very thing. The Bible said, Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. I got a purpose. There's a reason I want to go through Samaria. Why did he want to go through Samaria? Because he knew there was a spot where he was going to stop and sit on a well. And he knew a woman was going to come and he was going to minister to her. He's he going to send the other folk into town 
uh, to go to Hardy's and, and get some uh, Angus burgers. They're not going to get ham sandwiches because they're, they're going to get the hot ham and cheese because they're Jewish. What what a loss. I mean, that, that monster hot ham and cheese is about as good as a sandwich gets. So he sent them, he sent them to get some burgers so that it's just him and the woman who's living in sin. And yet he's going to minister to her till it opens her heart. And she's going to, she's going to leave, actually, she's so excited that, remember the story, she left her water pot. I came to get some She left the water pot and raced into town. Guys, y'all, come on. I, this is him. I, I, this is the right one, I know. He told me stuff about me that I, I wouldn't have told nobody. I wouldn't have let him know, but he already knew. This has got to be him. She didn't come to Jesus. He specifically said, I have, an in, I have a purpose. I've got to go through Samaria. Do you realize when he went to Gadara, he didn't go any further than the bank of the waters. He didn't go into town. He didn't go to the synagogue. He didn't go preach. He didn't go heal anybody. He just, he just got out of the boat because he came for somebody. Now, the man in the tombs got scars in his body, probably wounds that hadn't healed up yet because he would cut himself. You know what? The demon spirits were trying to get him to kill himself before Jesus got there. Come on, guy. Come on. You can't live through that. Come on, cut yourself again. Here, cut yourself here. And Jesus gets out of the boat, and the man possessed with devils races and falls before him. You, you, you know the story. As soon as this man is delivered, Jesus commands the demons to leave. They leave. They go into a herd of swine, 2,000 so. Just thinking how much barbecue that would have been. I, I'm trying to be spiritual, and it's just so hard for me to preach a Sunday message without thinking about food. I hadn't said a word about fried chicken. That's all that happened. He commands the demons to leave. They go into the swine. The swine go into the sea. And the town folk somehow... You know, probably the herd or swine herds running down. Y'all, y'all got to come. Something terrible happened. You, you know, you, we've lost every, we lost all everything. And they come hurrying to the bank, and they see a man that's his wounds and scars are all covered with clothes, and he's uh, he's coherent. He's he's lucid. There's a couple of big words for you, huh? I even know what they mean. And uh, he's in his right mind, the Bible says. And Jesus don't do any other ministry 
That's, he came for that man. He gets in the boat. The man says, oh, can I go? No, no, no. I came for you. You stay here. Talk about it. The Bible said the next time Jesus came, the people gladly received him. I don't know that there is a list of requirements, qualifications that God has that puts you on the I'm going to go see him list. I don't know. I don't know what factors have to be involved, but I know that there are times that Jesus says, you're worth enough to me. I'm going to be the one knocking on your door. I'm, not, I'm going to knock on your heart. I mean, you're surrounded by everybody. Remember what uh, the disciples said? Jesus said, oh, somebody touch me. Look around you. You can't even walk because they're, I mean, you're getting body slammed from every, every side. Remember when you said somebody touch me? I, there's a touch that touches God. You know, there, there's a touch that don't do anything, but there's a touch that touches him. I'm just, I'm going to say that whatever it is, if he comes to you, the miracle of that moment would be to acknowledge, look, I didn't even have to come to you. You came to me. So whatever it is, God, do it. Do it to me. See, Zacchaeus races ahead, climbs a tree, goes, I want, I want to get to him. I want to see him. Multitudes are thronging. There's a, a man that sends his servant. You go, you go to him. Tell him, tell him my daughter's so sick. Got to, I got to have him come to me. But he went to ask for that. Jesus, not on his own volition, just didn't head that way. I'm just going to say that there's the presence of God that's in his house. And I never know. I never know from week to week. I never know when I step into this pulpit, unless somehow God through a gift of the Spirit, would speak and identify somebody or a need. But what I do know when I come here is that God put something in my heart and said, if you'll say it, I'll take it to the ear that needs to hear it. And that's what I'm doing today. It may be that you didn't come to Him. It may be that you didn't know how because... This blind man said, I don't know who he is. Do, 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 you, do, you, do you worship him? I don't know who he is. It may be that our search sometime has left us at a stopping point. We don't know where else to go. And he says, come on, I'm going to lead you the rest of the way. Saul of Tarsus, I'm, I'm going to stop your journey. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to go to Damascus 
to kill these people you believe are heretics. From here on, I've come to you. I'm going to take over. I'm going to take you into Damascus. And I'm going to show you what my plans are because you're going to do something for me. When the Lord spoke to Ananias, Ananias, I want you to go pray for Saul of Tarsus. Ooh, I heard about him. He's bad news. He's, he's already heard a bunch of our brethren. And Jesus said it, but he's praying. And I'm showing him things he's going to suffer for me. That's why later in Paul's ministry, he could say, I'm not, even, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of the least. I cause people to blaspheme. And so he could say, look, I'm, I'm not just willing to be arrested. I'm, I'm willing to die. So can it be, all right, I'm willing to die for him. Don't, don't cry. Don't try to stop me from going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be there in the temple. I'm going to go for the feast. Everywhere I go, people are prophesying. They're saying, you know, bind this girl. This is the, the way it's going to happen. You're going to be bound. Imprisonment wakes you. He said, none of these things move me. I want you to stand with me. I don't know how your personal story unfolded. You know, I can tell you for myself, I, I was raised in a pastor's home. I had the privilege. It, it's an honor. That was not a hardship. It was an honor that my dad was a pastor, a pastor of the truth, a pastor of the revelation of the truth. That was an honor. But there are folk who didn't have that same route. And somewhere along the way, the Lord miraculously said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into your life. I'm going to give revelation to you. I heard a man give his testimony several years ago. Uh, Brother Richardson, years back, came to our home. He, he and his family stayed in our house for a period of time. Later, the Lord sent him as a missionary to Madagascar. When he got there, he met a young man. And years later, this young man who was grown uh, had a chance to come to the States and was at our general conference, and he gave his testimony. He said, I was, I was just a boy, and I had a pet chicken. He said, my, my pet chicken died. And he said, there's some places, some brambles and, and bushes, and, and I sort of had a little path through there. And in a little clear spot in, in that patch of that briar patch, I buried my chicken. And he said, I prayed a prayer, and I said, little chicken, if you see God, would you tell him about me? What happened was that a tall American missionary ended up in Madagascar. And this young man became a convert. 
And they built a grand church. And this man testified. He said, one day I, I stopped and looked and I realized that that church was built on the very spot where I buried my chicken. And I said, little chicken, if you see God, tell him my name. You may find the route to the revelation of who God is miraculously. God may have some work he's doing in your life that nobody else is going to have an identical story. But you've got to believe that if he came to you, you need to be like the blind man who said, Jesus said, you heard him, now you're talking to him, now you see him. Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. You need to, you need to be a believer that what he's doing is just for you. Let's pray. I want to open these altars. Brother Gabe's going to play. I'm going to open the altars for any and everybody. You might, you might have prayed through to all over again today, but it's all right. This altar is still for you. Uh, I'm going to invite us to just come talk to him. Tell him you love him. If you feel like he still has something to show you, you, you have not comprehended yet, you don't see it, won't you tell him, Lord? I, if you've come just, if you've come for me today, I'm, I'm open to it. I, my ears are open. My heart's open. Take me by the hand. I, I don't want to be the one determine my own direction. I want you to direct me. I, I'm saying those are, those are honest prayers. That's, that's, that's just an honest heart saying, God, I don't know if I know everything I'm supposed to know. Would you, would you talk to me? Let's pray together, Jesus.